Well, every night I go out running Or riding my bike I like the sweat, I like the flow I get, I like the feeling of the night air Hitting my lungs I like the feeling of rain While sticking out my tongue Sometimes I like to pretend I'm on a secret mission Sometimes I'm just making sure it's not something out there happening That I'm missing And I swear to you I get a real high from it Fuck alcohol and fuck all that shit and fuck TV Let's meet up in our bikes down by the old train bridge I'll race you downtown and I'll show you what you miss from me inside And let's live our lives tonight Let's ride our bikes into the All right, here we are again. Uh, howdy, folks. Uh, welcome to the Garrett Schalke podcast. I am your host, Garrett Schalke. And, uh, yeah, we're back here in Kalamazoo. It's a beautiful October day. Uh, sweater weather is finally here. I mean, it's not like 78 degrees in the fall. We're sweating our asses off. Thank God. And, uh... I'm here once again with uh, Zach Elmblad. Yo. Uh, yeah, it's going to be another one of those episodes. <laughs> I'm going to try not to derail the conversation too much today. Yeah, it'll happen. It always happens with us. Yeah. My first interjection, in fact, is that Garrett has actually come like prepared with printed materials today. I think there's, like, things that we're going to talk about, and he has a fucking agenda. You guys, I don't know what is going to go on today. My fucking mission. <laughs> All right, I will, I will remain silent and let him continue this introduction. No, we're done. <laughs> I mean, introductions, LOL. At least for these ones. Right. Everyone knows you by now. Hi, I'm Zach. Matter of fact, uh, you kind of get, on average, like, the most... Listens to it's just me Anchor. listening to it over and over again. Oh, it is. Okay. Oh, that's good. Isn't that what some people like claim they do? Like, yeah, I just play it over and over again. I don't even listen to it. Just put it on like off. <laughs> no, I try. I try to listen to it. I try to listen to the other ones as well. I mean, I I consume a great deal of audio content as I'm driving, so. I listen to a lot of people's podcasts that probably don't expect I listen to their podcasts. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, like, okay, we've talked about, like, some of your favorites that we talked about, like, mm-hmm. last podcast on left, Hardcore History. Sure. What is one that you've listened to that I would not expect? Someone Knows Something. It's oh, like a Canadian that. broadcasting one. The, the, I think there's a new host, but the original host it, uh, was just excellent. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> that one was good. Um, what else? I don't know. I got some weird ones. My phone's here conveniently. Let's look. Um, I will make one mention in that, in that um, like, since I stopped using Stitcher a long time ago, um, it's been really difficult to have all my podcasts in one place, and I'm actually losing track of a lot of them because of how many they are. there are, and, like, sometimes they'll only go on for a few episodes, and then they kind of just get buried in the feed, like... So I'm using Spotify mostly right now, um, but yeah, if, if you find any recommendations, 
or you know of anything that works really well for you as an aggregator? Uh, like, well, uh, personally, since I don't have like the data plan on my phone or anything, mm-hmm. I prefer to download my podcasts into a uh, MP3 player. Okay, and listen to them at work or Got in it. my car. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's become a nightly ritual. In fact, over the years, right like at night, I'll uh, just download all the episodes for the next day of work. Fair enough. Okay. I, I know you and I have talked about several of these. I know Behind the Bastards is one of your, your uh, they, they favorites. Did, they did a great episode recently, the second recent one. They covered Amway. No, perfect. Local heroes. Yeah, Grand Rapids, local heroes, <laughs> um, which are totally not a pyramid scheme. It, it's alleged. It's not. A bunch of words I got put on because I guess like. And we will sue the fuck out of you if you straight up call them that. Right. So they're a legend scheme. Um, uh, one that I really like that's kind of, so it's sort of similar but in a, in a different way. Um, I and I guess it's the narration style, but there's one called Darknet Diaries that's all about oh, like dark yep. web stuff. Yeah, they I really deal with like a lot that. of internet stuff. Yeah, hacking, international crimes. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. my personal favorites are like whenever he has stories of guys who like have to do like security, the like, infiltrations. Yeah, yeah those are ins- definitely the it's best. It's just ones. insane, yeah. like how they do it. Like they get in. Yeah, just it's like some, tricking people yeah, to get they, in the building. They, steal, and stuff. they straight up yeah. just steal trucks. Yeah, then they come back, be like, "Hey, uh, guys, got some news for you." <laughs> I'd say my last one here, going through my feed. This is a good one to mention because a lot of people probably wouldn't assume that I listen to this. But my brother actually, my brother Dan actually turned me onto this podcast and it's uh, the adventure zone which is uh three brothers that uh they have many podcasts um they're they're like podcasting entrepreneurs in the same way that the guys from last podcast on the left are yeah. um but they actually do these dungeons and dragons campaigns and their first season dude is some of the most compelling audio content that exists because it's like the brothers being like having their family dynamic and their dad plays it with them too hmm. but they're they're having their fi- family dynamic through this storytelling that's freaking amazing hmm. and the dungeon master kid like write writes all the music for it and like cuts it into a like really really compelling podcast and i want to say there's like 45 episodes in the first season let's all all drop this shit that, that reminds me of, there was a dungeons and dragons comedy podcast that i never really listened to but i did follow their group for a while i think it was called a uh, Four guys, one dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And it was just them talking about D and D, and like it only went for like four episodes for not that okay. long, and just like them playing it and being all exaggerated about it, like, oh, you sprung my trap or some bullshit. Right on. Yeah, I mean, there's many Dungeons and Dragons podcasts. This one I like because you know I have two brothers, so like it reminds me of like talking to my brothers and like bullshitting with my dad at the kitchen table and stuff. I see a lot of us in them, but also like the story is just amazing. Um, that first one, which I believe was called Amnesty when I was looking back through there. But I mean, all their stuff is worth a listen. They switched up narrators 
to, just to be brief, they switched up narrators a couple of times, and I didn't find those ones as personally compelling. Their newest one is awesome. I haven't had much of a chance to listen to it, but their their first season, as it were, or their first game, dude, it's like turned into a graphic novel. Like it got them really, really popular. It's a it's a really, really, really good audio content. That's my weird recommendation for you. Uh, my weird recommendation, I uh, kind of take a break from listening to them because uh, there's about three podcasts I'm like nearly finished listening to, like the entire thing or mm-hmm. up to the entire thing or like up to like the most recent episodes. So I'm trying to like marathon through them. That's another thing like at my job and everything besides listening to it. I kind of try to make it so it's like, okay, I can finish this series by this date. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I'm going to be at this job forever, so, you know, i got to do something to keep it interesting in some way. When the job is forever, do they call it a career? Well, I I guess so. Granted, I believe the climate apocalypse will hit us sometime soon, so I'm not really looking forward to retiring because there's probably going to be no retirement. Because we're all going to be dead or fighting super mutants. Or just working until you're 106. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially with the way company towns are starting to pop up again. Yeah, what a wonderful future we all have for ourselves. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, man. Can't wait for the company towns to start showing up. And they're like the only places of refuge. You gotta go work for Amazon again. Fuck yeah, dude. Slap me right into the dystopian future. Like, Funny enough, uh, (laughs) last time there were company towns were um, pre and during the Great Depression. Mm -hmm. Isn't that great? We're probably heading for another one in like a few days now. Everything is they sort raise, of... If they do not raise the debt ceiling, Joe Biden. <laughs> I think they're going to do that. I mean, we talked about that earlier. It's probably going to happen. Like, I guess, wouldn't it be interesting... Kind of like the Evergrande thing in China. What if they were just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're just not going to do it. We're not going to do it this time. What now? What What now, what? bitch? What? Right? Yeah. What? Fuck you guys. do. <laughs> like, they're like... What are we going to do? Tweet about it? Like, yeah. Hey, I'm ready for Great Depression too. How about you? Yeah, Mark? bring it on, bitch. All these people have, you know, they, they have yachts. Like, they can just go live in the ocean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they kind of did that last year with uh, when the quarantine started yeah. happening. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to go quarantine on my boat. I'm yep. on my way to Turkey mm-hmm. for exotic vacation. Oh, oh, yep. uh, be, oh, but you just. Put on this fucking mask, even though I say it doesn't actually work. Go and go to your day job. <laughs> <sighs> yep. Many well, parts, many facets of the diamond that is society have been revealed to us as our world grinds us down. <laughs> just actually, uh, there is one more podcast recommendation I recommend yeah, it before. It. It's called uh, "It Could Happen Here." Robert okay. Evans, so behind the bathroom hosts it. Uh-huh. The first season was basically a very straightforward, you know, how he imagined a, a civil war in America would be like. Okay. And it's just basically it's dystopian Mad Max kind of shit. His second one is a little more eclectic. I mean, the main focus is going to be on, cl- on climate change and climate catastrophes which we're all experiencing right now in one way or another. Nah, I mean, climate change is a lie. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you believe climate change, you are dumb and gay. <laughs> oh, yikes. It's true, though. Demonetized. <laughs> they demonetize them for speaking the truth. Now, go enjoy, go enjoy hiking in the forests of California. They are totally not on fire right now. <laughs> but, uh, no, so that's the main focus, but... And he's, but he's doing it, like, weekly. Instead of, like, a set series where it's, like, a set number of episodes. Mm-hmm. There's, like, episodes on a particular topic where it's just him talking about it. And maybe put, framing it around, like, a fictional story. And sometimes he has, like, interviews with certain people. He even brings in, like, people from, like, his other shows, like, Behind the Bastards and uh, Worst Year Ever. It could kind of get comedic, like those shows. As they talk about a serious topic. And of course they're also talk about like topics related to like the first season, like talk about like, you know, proud boys, you know, doing their usual shit. Mm-hmm. Or more right wing uprisings and that. So the second season is, it does have like a focus, but it's more eclectic than the first one. Okay. So I would recommend this the current ongoing second season of It Could Happen Here. It could happen here. All right. Also, what really surprised me too is that uh, the first season it was just a complete fucking black pill. Like America has fallen. You know, it's the Mad Max world and that. <laughs> it's uh, easy to read it like that. <laughs> yeah. Whereas this one, it kind of makes sense. You know, climate change is not going to just. I mean, it hits you hard. It hits hard, obviously. Yeah. As we've seen, but. Uh, but, but it's more frame. But they more framed it around. Uh, certain aspects like you know you can't get certain items which was kind of funny because that's kind of how it's going right now but mm-hmm. for different reasons like you can't get certain things due to climate change you're getting in more refugees due to climate change mm-hmm. as he calls it he calls it uh the crumbles hmm. you know kind of like the troubles over in ireland yeah back in the day but he calls it the crumbles because uh the infrastructure, our society, isn't just collapsing. Doing, doing one big grand collapse. It's just slowly crumbling. Yeah, that's really clever. I like and that's that. Re- that's really what climate change is really doing if you look at it. It's just chipping away at us. Yeah. Like one hurricane at a time. One, one flood. One giant forest yeah. fire at a time. One drought. Yeah. That's, that's wise. I like that. Yeah. So that's my big recommendation. <sighs> All right. So, how you been, dude? Ups, downs, all-arounds. Doing all right, buddy. Hmm. Well, uh, well, this is a good segue to why I want to read here, but tell me, Zach, uh, we didn't meet last month. <clears throat> right. How did you celebrate the 20th anniversary of September 11th? Fuck. That's <laughs> a long time ago. What was that, like six weeks ago? Hell, yeah. I don't know what I was doing. Oh, you, oh, so you have major rager. That's I'm, why you don't. Cer- I'm certain I was working because that's pretty much what I do. I feel like I definitely did something of note on September 11th this year. Um, you know, Garrett comes prepared to this shit today. I mean, I see Ben Shapiro on no, one stop, of these. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> like, don't I'm spoil ready. it. Spoil it. <laughs> what did I do on September 11th? I have to look in my phone now. Well, I tell you what I was doing. 
I just sat. I, I just sat in my room and blasted Leftover Crack's "Fuck World Trade" album all day. <laughs> no, I did. I was actually in Chicago at the Pitchfork Music Festival. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And uh, much to my surprise, there was like no mention of September 11th. Like, Pitchfork is like the hip indie music festival. It's old. So, it was a long time ago. The the only picture I have on my phone from September 11th is a bunch of paychecks. <laughs> it, it isn't you like it isn't like a Photoshop of you like looking wistfully at a flag while you reflect about how like you know I miss back back how we were on September 12th. No, it's just me. It's literally just me getting paid. Yep, paychecks yeah, I, and then I, a set list for uh, open mic. And then um, a screen cap of some guy tiling. <laughs> That's what I got. <laughs> anyway, there's no mention of September 11th at Pitchfork Music Festival. Not even like, no, not no like patriotic things, mm-hmm. obviously, because it's the indie hipster stuff. They're not gonna right. do that. No, like it's kind of no, pandering too, but yeah, just not yeah, even but to a like, bad no, audience. No one doing like conspiracy theories. You know, like y'all realize that was an inside job, right? <laughs> what about what is it, Building We're, Seven? Yeah, we're we're cement fridge, and before we start, we just want to tell you that it was all inside job, <laughs> or even jokes like no one did like you know, nine eleven, lol, Bush did it memes or anything, right? Which has become like the norm now. It really has. Donald Rumsfeld pa- uh, tossed the passport in the rubble. Yeah, yeah, he fucking died this year too. You know, I know. rest in pieces, asshole. But, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, 20 years September, September 11th. It's fucking man. crazy. 20 years. 20 years, and we're still stuck in our post-9-11 hellhole. We probably mm-hmm. will, too, till well, the crumbles. Till something happen. else happens. Yeah. yeah. Until the Mad Max <clears throat> super mutant world arises. Right. Then we're going to be too busy to be like, hey, guys, you know it's the 30th anniversary of 9-11? Dude, this super mutant coming this way. It's fucking huge. What Give me the shotgun. What do you think was more socially disruptive, Pearl Harbor or September 11th? Oh, September 11th, no doubt. You think so? Oh, yeah, because uh, they have talked about this before. Uh, I think, for one, uh, 9-11 was right here on the mainland, sure. right in New York City, Yeah. whereas Pearl Harbor was off in Hawaii, and you know, not a lot of people are going or right. Or the human casualties yeah. weren't as as yeah. extreme. I don't. Yeah, think. there's that too. Yeah, and also because nine uh, eleven happened during the start of the digital media, media age. Okay, like right before the social media age. But e- even though, like, like you could see it in real time. Like, it shit happening. Like, I remember watching the second tower hit. Sure. Well, people were finding out about Pearl Harbor in real time, too, though, because of newspaper media. Oh, yeah. That was the new thing. Because before, people couldn't even communicate over the course of days. They had to, like, walk to each other or, like, drive horses, like, in Skyrim. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's a a big thing between between waiting for the kid, you know, X3, X3, we know right, about yeah. it. Of course. Hey, man, definitely oh, shit, a big give, difference. Shit, give me Watching that. it on CNN. Give me that. Yeah. Instead of watching on CNN and yeah. Wolf Blitzer being like, oh, shit. I, all your arguments are completely valid. I, I'm, I'm posing the question. I'm actually I'm also, conflicted. Also, yeah. uh, 
Well, we're still technically in that post-9-11 world. Like, I don't know. I don't think we could, I don't know, post-Pearl uh, Harbor world. I would say that ended <laughs> after World War II. Maybe. Or was, like, the 1950s uh, and then the subsequent counterculture of the 1960s, were those, like, the latent effects of a disrupted world from, uh, maybe. from World War II? Oh, yeah. I but, mean, of course, that's, that's not directly effect, directly caused by Pearl Harbor. Yeah. So I, that war was just going uh, that, on. That's one thing I always heard whenever, like, Allen Ginsberg would talk about the beat generation is it basically starting, like, with the explosion of the nuclear bomb. Yeah. You know, that started sure. it. Plus, the Cold War jacked up then. So, you really can't yeah. blame Pearl Harbor for us wanting to fight the Soviet Union. No, not really. Yeah, so I still think 9-11 had a bigger impact, especially right. today. Fair enough, man. Getting yeah. down to the facts here on yeah. GSP. Yep. And uh, to celebrate 20 years, <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's to another 10. Here's to another 20. Another 20. Huh. September 11th, 2041. Uh, you think we're going to still be here by then? That's I'm going to be a head in a fucking bucket, man. I'm going <laughs> to live forever. Well, yeah, you and I are going to be in the compound by then. I'm going to be part of the Neo Riche CEO Fortune 500 Top Executives Elmblad Media Group CEO Oliver Zach Elmblad. I know, and then when that happens, your secretary will come in and be like, Serve a package for you. You look at it and be like, wait, Garrett Schalke? I haven't heard from him in ages. I wonder what he <laughs> has. My, I wonder what he has. My his. fingers get torn by nails. He comes out from the broom closet like Smeagol. <laughs> I've written another book. Be like, ha, I got you. This is what you get for stealing my copyrights, motherfucker. <laughs> no. Yeah. You, so, you could have your own barony in my yeah. building. Bakuni Incorporated comes the new Freedom Club. <laughs> for who's don't know, Ted Kaczynski, friend of the show, the Unabomber, he would sign his packages as FC with Santa Freedom Club. <laughs> And he had, like, a Mexican pen pal. He would talk about, like, the Freedom Club believes in liberty and nature. <laughs> we, we can't have a podcast without talking about the Unabomber. Hey, man. Or 9-11. Or, or Insane Clown Posse. Or, yeah, well, breaking the ice. You know, either Unabomber or ICP. Which way, Western man? Have we podcasted since Violent J? Oh, yeah. yeah that was part of what we talked about yeah. last time, right? Yeah. yeah. I right. have this short-term memory. Look at me. <laughs> Too much weed. <laughs> or not enough, I guess. I can always try harder. <laughs> As Nate Dog would say, smoke weed every day. Oh, yeah, several times a day, in fact. Actually, I think by now he's been long dead. I think that's like his only thing people really know him for. He had some really awesome blunt raps. Oh, he did? Back in the day, yeah. Get him at the old BP on West Main. That's <laughs> awesome, dude. That yeah. place is like a ghost 
place now. Oh, you mean it's closed? Yeah, not just closed, but like the building has rapidly decayed and looks like it's in a like video game. Yeah, that's half the Kalamazoo <laughs> right there. Yeah, but all the other half is like brand new sky rises. Like it's really bizarre living here right now, dude. Because yeah. you could be driving down the road and all of a sudden what was a parking lot's now a fucking hole that's gonna be a fifteen story building. It's fucking yeah. ridiculous. Rest assured, you will not be able to afford to live there. No, I mean I guess I could be in the future. Like yeah, I mean When you steal my copyright. Yeah, yeah. Or when I parlay your copyright into a beneficial business decision for the both of us and we both become like, not wildly rich but enough uh, successful enough in order to maintain our daily habits and like continue creating you give art. me enough money yeah. just so I can build that cabin <laughs> <laughs> either way I end up with no fingertips Jam. I'm sure in the future you get like bionic ones. I'll have bionic yeah, fingertips yeah. along with my brain bucket. Then I'll look at that and be like, create a stronger bum with these <laughs> metal parts. <laughs> now, uh, I just want to read you something, dude. Okay, all right. Here For comes the, the docs. Tr- the 20th. Wait, the docs? The documents. Like truncated oh, word meant, documents. Oh, I D-O-C-S. You, oh, no. I thought you meant doxing. No, not the active verb. Dox. I mean, I could do that. No, here. don't dox me. Uh, there's plenty of people I can do that too. But uh, <laughs> no, for this anniversary, I want to read you something special. All and right, it's something that quite surprisingly has stuck in my mind these these past years. This was written in October of 2004. Now okay. remember that time? Yeah, I went to Egypt. Five months before that, so I really? remember that time well. Yeah, I was a oh. complete savage. I was drinking a bunch of Heinekens and sleeping on my floor in October really? 2004. <laughs> really? I was in high school and <laughs> shit hole out peanuts just watching the Bush administration destroy everything. Yeah, that was a thing at the and, time. And uh, I want to read you this thing, and it stuck out in my mind, because back in the day, I was a liberal. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of being a liberal was like, is that you pay attention to right-wing media and you report on it. Which I do think is important to some aspects, especially with, like, fascist groups that are violent in that. Mm-hmm. But there's also a side where, like, some is like, yeah, we know, Fox News is bad. Bill Riley's an asshole. Right. You don't have to report that they said some controversy. Yeah, and you don't have to be antagonistic with their anchors either, yeah. Well... I guess you could, but it's just like after a while, it's like, why do I care? And that's Fuck, that, yeah. that's one reason why, <laughs> that's one of the things that eventually led me to becoming a socialist, because like, why am I caring about this stuff? Folks, the world looks a lot different when you turn off your fucking television. Yeah, believe it or not, right? Yeah. Anyway, I used to, back then when I was a liberal, I used to be all about like, gotta keep an eye on this and that, you know, that report how bad it is. Mm-hmm. And of course, one of them was our good buddy, Ben Shapiro. Benny Shapiro, you know, Mr. Facts and Logic. And uh, I just want to read a column that he wrote for Town Hall, which is a uh, right-wing news site. Mm-hmm. And you see, back in the day, this was when Ben Shapiro like first came onto the scene. Like, he was brand new. Okay. Yeah, he would be really young at that point. Yeah, right? and uh, I'm going confe- to make a confession here. All right. At first, I actually kind of admire Ben Shapiro. Okay. You're taking this a lot better than I thought. Because I've admitted this like to our people and they freak the fuck out. 
That's what's wrong with a lot of people. <laughs> no, until I told them. Ben Shapiro is a person. Until I told them why, and then they, like, understood. And they found it terribly funny what I'm about to tell you. All right. Okay, Ben Shapiro, at the time when I, when I first discovered him, he was actually being hailed as, like, the youngest columnist ever. Hmm. And I was a guy who, I imagine my career path was going to be a liberal columnist. Right. You know, I was basically doing that for my school paper, writing columns, playing conservatives for everything. Listening to Rage Against the Machine in your dorm room, just no, fucking no, boiling, no, no, smelling no, like no. a ham. No, the, no, no. I was still listening to, like, Marilyn Manson and okay. them and shit at the time. Right. Yeah, despite liberal, there's still a lot of, like, fucked up things I said that I regret. Like, right. I still used to call things gay back then. Like, oh, that's gay. You know, I didn't, even though I wasn't homophobic, like I actually hate gay people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Ben Shapiro, I did admire him for a sec there because, like, they talked about how he was, like, the youngest columnist of all time. So I was like, if he could do it, then I can do it. <laughs> what I didn't realize at the time was that Ben Shapiro came from a rich family, mm-hmm. and he was actually a lawyer by trade before he became a columnist. Yeah. Actually, no can, lies detected. Yeah, he actually followed the same path as Ann Coulter. Remember her? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. You know, rich rich lawyer becomes right-wing firebrand. Yeah. And that's what Ben Shapiro really was back then. Like, he was a neocon, obviously. He's basically a male Ann Coulter. Yeah. So That's like East Coast hereditary, like, oligarchical news media. Yeah. Type so, shenanigans. Yeah. So anyway, you know, I admire him on that. I totally disagreed with him on everything. But I admire him for that aspect. And I tried to study him. Like, I read two of his fucking books. One of them was kind of kind of thing for right-wing people where they... It's almost kind of like a rite of passage now. Mm-hmm. They have to bitch about colleges indoctrinating you into Marxist doctrine and all that shit. <laughs> so there was that. Yeah. Then he wrote another book after that where he just talked about how how debauched that Hollywood was. Okay. And the uh, thing I remember about that book is that he actually was encouraging bringing back censorship, like Cold War censorship. Perfect. Like that eliminated violence, swear words, sex. And you know what one of his reasons was besides morality? Right. One of his things was that he thinks that movies and TV shows would get more creative if there were more censorship and restrictions. If you, yeah, if you remove basically any ability for your audience to develop empathy for your characters. Yeah, yeah. He basically, he basically thought like, well, well, kids, you know, if, well, you know, if they might bet Shapiro impression. I'm, I'm well, getting well, that. Well, yeah. you know, if they don't allow people to say fucking movies or see them like having blood orgies and that, then they'll have to think a way to go around it. That would make movies more entertaining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that was his big idea in this fucking book. Big brain Ben Shapiro. Hell, I... Hell, I w- and this was around, like, the time, like, my final year of high school. I wrote, like, a farewell column. Mm-hmm. I listed off all the things, people I wanted to thank. That included, like, both IRL friends and, like, influences. I put fucking Ben Shapiro in there. Yikes. So, like... Somewhere out there, dude, this document exists. It does, unfortunately. So, I don't know. If you go back in time to, like, Alpena High School and look up 
I, I can't. I don't think they even have a journalism class there anymore, so I imagine they tossed out everything. But, uh, yeah, you'll see a column where I'm thanking Ben Shapiro alongside Ernest Hemingway and Jack London. <laughs> wow. No, it's all, it's always cathartic when I, when I reveal this, by the way. <laughs> kind of like when I also revealed that one time I was such a big Limp Bizkit fan that I thought, yeah. I legitimately thought Fred Durst was a better rapper than Tupac. Jesus. I know. Yeah. I sucked when I was a teenager. Yeah. I'm glad I'm old and fat. I think old man Fred Durst oh, is he- as equally creepy as young man Fred Durst, but like... Almost better on television. Oh, uh, have you heard their new single? I Dad, have not. Dad Vibes? I have not. It's good. I have not. And uh, there's actually kind of like a new underground resurgence of new metal right now. I've noticed that. Yeah. yeah. So, like the nostalgia piece, it's timed right. Yeah. It's yeah. So, like 20 years so, ago. So, uh, Limp Bizkit is kind of like getting back in there and become like, I guess you say, um, forefathers or... Uh, God, there's a term. It's a meme thing, dude. I think partially a meme. Yeah, but also like a bunch of dads that had a bunch of money. Now he looks like a dad now, right? Well, I mean, their audience though is also that. Like, if you were 20 years old in 1999, no, and there there is legitimately like young people doing new metal in some way. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're also combining with like trap and SoundCloud rap. Okay, but still, it's there in some way. I need to start paying attention to SoundCloud. I haven't ripped. I haven't opened that up in a while, man. Yeah, I like. I used to do all that electronica stuff and like. I, just, I know. I, I haven't I, even I, checked any of that in a while, dude. I wonder if anyone's listened to it. DigiTHC. I, <laughs> I know, folks. Before, yeah. when when, when uh, Zach and I were doing some business stuff, I took a glimpse at his Spotify list. He has a decade <laughs> playlist of dubstep 2009 to 2012. It's true. It's a playlist I follow. Which it's is not fu- one I Which is funny because those were like the years I spent here in Kalamazoo. So. Yeah, man. Well, it was not, a fun time. I know. It was a drunk time for me. I know. Dude. I spent a lot of those couple of years passed out on dance floors to dubstep. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, rest, rest in peace, PBR Palace. Sure. Anyway. I never went there, but I, I agree. I'll, I'll yeah. back up what he says. Anyway, back to this piece. Uh, ben, Benny Shapiro. Uh, by the way, I mentioned like he was a neocon and culture wannabe. Mm-hmm. That's why it shocked me over these past few years how he's become like an alt-right icon pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's known for like, you know, facts and logic, you know, you know, you know debate me, you debate me, you coward, you know, that kind of guy. Yeah. So it's almost kind of shocking the way that he's turned out. It's like, I remember back when you were this fucking neocon dweeb. Now here you are, like, you know, here you are, like, trying to, quote, unquote, debate people. Or even yeah. funnier was that <clears throat> he lives in Texas. I think he lives in Nashville now, where he's doing, like, a lot of shit where he's dressed up like a cowboy. Wonderful. It's hilarious, I, I, but I, but he lived in California for years with uh-huh. his family. Him and Adam Carolla actually went on like the floor of the California Senate, I think, and they actually gave a presentation about the effect the, the effects of cancel culture, which I'm like, which was also a shock too, because uh, I think in the same book I mentioned about Hollywood, he railed against the Man Show, which Adam Carolla was a part of. So I'm like, wow, what what decade? What changes the decades bring? 
You were railing against guys like Adam Carolla back then, but now here you are teaming up with them. Talk about cancel culture. Right. It's hilarious. Yeah. I don't know. I uh, Sometimes I think of that guy as a performance artist more than I do as a oh, yeah, journalist. They're to- yeah. Oh, yeah. They're totally performing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, he and a bunch of them. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, okay. So... So, for the 20th anniversary of 9-11, I want to read you this piece. All right. And you can still look this up, folks. I looked it up. Uh, I'll post a link in the the notes of this episode. It's one of my all-time favorite columns. Because this is so hilarious. Especially in hindsight. It's called, The Greatest President of the 21st Century. And it's about how great George W. Bush is. <laughs> the 21st century was like 4% complete yeah. at the time yeah. of this publication. No, okay, like I said, this was back in October 2004. Yeah. So we're October now, so it's been well over a decade. Yeah. You, Zach, and you fellow audiences, just keep in mind everything that happened with the Bush administration. Remember 9 11? Remember the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq? Oh, but Garrett, it was so long ago. I just don't want to think about the past and dredge up all those old memories and feelings. Yeah, I got to keep going forward. Keep moving forward. Keep my eye on the prize. Stay synergized. Yeah, the past is gay. Don't worry about it. All right. I digress. So anyway, just keep all this in mind as I read you this. Okay. Because it will be pretty much hilarity. I've been staring at this text of... This text you almost, chunk. You almost spoiled it. I did. <coughs> I hinted at it. We're trying to create October twenty. Here we go. October twenty seventh, two thousand fifty four. <laughs> oh boy. All right, you can see how great Ben Shapiro is doing because he's taken a literary advice, a science fiction literary advice. As placing it in the future. 50 years. Just stick it out there. In the year 2000. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had wind chimes in here or something. I wish I had a soundboard. So, I wish I had a soundboard so I yeah. can actually do shit. Yeah. I gotta get that. Maybe next year. There you go. Season 5 of GSP. <laughs> anyway, October 27, 2054. It was a tragedy worthy of Shakespeare. A man of strength. A man of courage, a man of God, risked his life and his presidency to protect his nation and the valleys for which it stood. And the nation, blinded by its worship of tolerance, led astray by a barrage of hate, looked instead to a shyster and a weakling for guidance. (laughs) George O. U. Bush was the finest president of the 21st century. He took office in the crucial 2000 election, the election marking the beginning of the end of the American representative democracy, <laughs> immediately denounced as a conservative radical and un- unelected dynastic pawn, Bush stepped into a situation fraught with peril. A recession had begun after the illusionary prosperity of the 1990s internet bubble unexpectedly burst. A decade of defense and intelligence slashing had sliced national security to the bone. The administration of Bill Clinton marked by a tendency toward tolerating immorality and bashing traditionalism, Mm -hmm. had left America profoundly vulnerable. Now, here's a few things in there. Uh, Now, you remember the 2000 election, highly contested. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, still contested to this day. Indeed. Uh, Yeah, I'm one of the people that believe it got stolen. Mm -hmm. 
Gore won from good old Al Gore, and Al Gore just bitched out of it. Yeah, he did. He just he could have fought, but he handed it to Bush. Yeah, he went on to fight a sort of noble fight for uh, climate change awareness, but that guy just really faded away into the pines, didn't he? Yeah, actually, uh, Michael Moore uh, produced a documentary called uh, Planet of the Humans. And uh, one of the things that they bashed mainstream environmentalists, one of them was Al Gore. Hmm. Basically, for advocating methods that don't work or and of course you know just making money off there yeah making tons of money not like enough to live on but like lots of money speaking engagements and all that stuff yeah, yeah. there there is something here he mentions that you know the internet bubble unexpectedly bursting defense and intelligence being slashed by bill clinton that's actually kind mm-hmm. of true and that's kind of been one of the reasons why you think 9-11 happened, because uh, Clinton was aware of bin Laden and Al-Qaeda. And he's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so there is kind of a point there. All right. But then he gets into, like, you know, tendency towards tolerate immorality and bashing traditionalism. And you that- ducked the lead line of this awful article. Please read the first line of this article. It is a tragedy worthy of Shakespeare. You said that? Yeah. You did? I didn't I don't think I like <laughs> I recognized the audacity of opening this yeah. piece of journalism wait, with you think, that statement. Wait, you think I made that up on the fly? No, 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 no. I thought you didn't say it. I thought you I thought you didn't read the quote in its entirety. No, no, that was the first Yeah. Paragraph. This yeah. is the second one we're talking about. Okay. But I'm about to say, that kind of goes back to the conservative thing where uh, society's going to be brought down by immorality, you know, drugs, people butt-fucking each other, people not believing in Jesus, rather than, you know, shitty infrastructure, shitty infrastructures <laughs> or, you know, imperialism mm. or just neglecting large swaths of society. Yeah. No, those are the real things, I think. You know, being the big radical socialist that I am, you're like, <laughs> hey, you should pay attention to that. Like, no, no, butt fucking's gonna bring down America. <laughs> Not all these people. Leave the butt fuckers alone. <laughs> yeah. Okay, as we continue. At first, if you thought President Bush was up to the task, and may hope he wasn't, Anger by Al Gore's election loss, the Democratic Party and mainstream media began demonizing Bush as an ignoramus. Even as Bush attempted to reach across the political aisle to create an education bill, his opposition claimed he was dividing America. Even as Bush stumped for badly needed tax cuts to reinvigorate the economy, his opposition claimed he was too hardline. <laughs> first of all, uh, Bush, while not not as outwardly bad as Trump. He still, you know, told Dems to fuck off. That's all these Republicans do. They will never cross the line to help to, like, come to a decision or anything. They will always just say, fuck you. I mean, they're technically doing it now with, yeah. the, with the debt ceiling. <laughs> the world and, looks a lot yeah. different if you turn off your yeah. fucking television. Yep. Yeah. And besides, think about everything in the 2000s, you know, 9-11, the wars, Bush administration. Keep in mind what's, went, what's going on now with the 
the past Trump administration. See if you notice some things. <laughs> Sound familiar? And then September 11, 2011. 2001. God damn it, 2011. <laughs> 3,000 Americans dead in New York and Washington, D.C. and on empty field in Pennsylvania. The specter of international terrorism leapt into the light. President Bush rose to the occasion. President Bush realized that September 11th was a symptom of a grave disease. Terrorism inbred with Islamic fundamentalism. America went to war. The Taliban, an evil regime paralleled only by Cold War communist dictatorships and Nazi Germany, quickly fell to the American forces. Men and women voted. Little girls went to school. And the U.S. troops hunted Islamist terrorists. I just want to keep, if anyone doesn't remember, uh, well, the past two months, uh, we dished Afghanistan, now the mm-hmm. Taliban rule it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so, yeah, um, you can tell they, uh, they fell quickly to American forces. And we're not dealing with Nostradamus here. <sighs> oh, God, fuck Nostradamus. <laughs> I fucking hate reading his predictions. <laughs> just Why a, is it so ambiguous? Such, just like with the mains, too, I'm so sick of them saying, like, no, Nostradamus predicts end of the world. Well, first of all, he's been doing it for 20 years now. Yeah, and, every and, time and he did it from 300 years ago. Yeah, it's always some bullshit, like a big metal machine will roam the fields. Yeah. You, you talk about tanks? Okay. But, but the American opposition didn't sleep. Bush's critics became, began calling for more humane approaches to terrorism. <laughs> Eager to revive the Vietnam era, Bush's <laughs> opponents began referring to Afghanistan as a quagmire, quote-unquote, quagmire. Most <laughs> vicious, a few choice opponents started impugning President Bush's patriotism, implying that he had known about September 11 and allowed it to happen. <laughs> Hold on. So are are we still in his theoretical future? His yeah. theoretical future. So the president is still George Bush in the theoretical no, no, future. No, no, this is Benny Shapiro in the year two thousand fifty four. You know, he's a cyborg fighting the liberal super mutants. Okay, and this is him taking time off to write about the great George O. U. Bush, who as long spoiler has long been disposed. You would get to that in a sec. Okay. But yeah, um, call for more humane approaches to terrorism. Well, you have to keep in mind, uh, there's all the war crimes that went on in Afghanistan and Iraq, both due to our military and contractors, a.k.a. Uh, mercenaries. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't have to go over them. Just listen to like various military podcasts like Lions Led by Donkeys. They will detail some of the wonderful... Evil things that we've done, you know, in our humane treatment of the people of Afghanistan and Iraq. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, and I also find it funny that, you know, him talk about how they implied that, you know, Bush knew about 9-11 and let it happen. Which is funny because that's also a right-wing position now. It's become more prominent now hmm. that he did 9-11, both as a serious thing and as a meme. Wow. 
I mean, I don't know how Ben Shapiro Both feels. as a serious thing and a meme. This yeah. is like a complete analysis of modern journalism. Yeah. It's both a real thing and a meme. Yeah. Wh- You're like, I mean, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, whenever you hear about George Bush, it's always about him doing a terrorist attack or doing 9-11. Yeah. That's all I ever see about Or it. painting. Uh, yeah, that was early. Yeah. But now... That's so 2008. Yeah, but... Wait, he was still president. He's still painting, I think. But yeah, the so it's funny now. So it's funny back in two thousand four. You know, he, Benny Shapiro was just pissed that they dare say that Bush let nine eleven happen. But now it's a uh, common belief. Yeah, and even among his right, even among Shapiro's right wing base, they believe you know he let it happen. Wow. <clears throat> I'm glad that I have you to provide me with this knowledge I would never have. <laughs> thanks. Gee, thanks. <clears throat> President Bush recognized the defenselessness of American society to the threat of terrorism and secured virtually unanimous congressional approval for the Patriot Act. President uh-huh. Bush's Attorney General, John Ashcroft, used the Patriot Act to nab terrorists before they murdered Americans. Still going on, by the way. We still have a Patriot Act that mm-hmm. basically gives, well, I believe the NSA and other, the FBI and other secure intelligence agencies free reign to just, you know, tap, no, no, no. What's what's the word? Tap your phones. Yeah, wiretap. Look in, look espionage. In, yep. Look espionage. Look into like your library records. Look into your bank account. Still there. Yeah. A lot of people were bitching then that, hey, this is unconstitutional and really fucking creepy, but they just let it happen. Mm-hmm. It's, that's very true. Democrats and Republicans are like, fuck yeah, Patriot Act. Let's yeah, do it. Man. There are a lot of strange things happening these days with people being required to do things that they normally yeah. wouldn't be required to do in yeah. order to do things that most people do. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> and yet Ashcroft was called an Ayatollah. A peeping Tom. <laughs> a peeping Tom. Democrats who have voted for... That's, Democrats two, who... Multiple pages, you guys. Listen to this crinkle. It's, it's two pages. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Democrats who have voted for the Patriot now condemned it as a blot on American freedom. Even as they claim that President Bush wasn't doing enough to ensure homeland security... The Democrats decried racial profiling and anti-terrorist surveillance methods. Yeah, by anti-surveillance terrorist surveillance methods, they mean like send FBI agents into like mosques and uh, try to get people to say like, "Yeah, we should bomb this," <laughs> and then arrest them. Demonetized. No, no, no. I'm not advocating for it at all. <laughs> I'm saying what this is actually true shit. There's this is a quote. No, this is that. No, this shit actually happens. Uh, I remember even one like, God, I don't even remember the whole incident, but basically, a local Muslim community had like some guy who was just so radical and trying to like rile people up, and you know, they reported him to the FBI, and it turns out he was an FBI agent. Ha <laughs> Uh, well, that's that's a fun story. So yeah, um, these anti-terror surveillance methods that they talked about is just that, like you know, saying in shitheads to rile up people while they like look at your library rental list and that, and probably your internet history and that too. 
Oh, by the way, oh, he mentions, you know, in a bad way, the Democrats decry racial profiling. Well, well, yeah, because bad. You, you shouldn't racially profile people. It doesn't really do anything. Of course, Ben. I should also mention that Ben Shapiro is is a Zionist and a pro-Israel, and mm-hmm. he uh, hates Palestinians and just Muslims as a whole. Like, he's written about straight up saying how much he hates them and how he wishes we could waste them all and that. So keep that in mind when uh, he he bitches about Democrats decrying racial profiling. Yeah. Because he won't get racially profiled, that's for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> President Bush realized that dismantling the Taliban was only the beginning of a worldwide fight. The debate turned to Iraq where mass murder Saddam Hussein was connecting with global terrorism and actively seeking weapons of mass destruction. Uh. Bush told Hussein to provide proof of complete WMD disarmament. When Hussein refused, Bush ordered him to him removed from power with the help of over 30 allied nations. Mm. Within weeks, Hussein was off his throne. Thousands of Iraqis were tearing down his fascist monuments, and a constitutional democracy was being instituted. This didn't age well. Yeah, a lot of that didn't happen. Uh, Saddam was not really seeking that. He was actually enemies with Al-Qaeda and bin Laden. Uh, He did provide UN inspectors to come in and look around. They found nothing, and... Mm -hmm. And, and Bush just screamed fake news. Okay, not that exactly, but like an early version of fake news. Mm-hmm. And uh, help of over 30 allied nations. And uh, keep in mind, the 30 allied nations were like our close buddies, like, you know, England. Or like little nations that like, I don't know, provide a tank or two. The big ones like France, who just refused... Uh, then we uh, demonized them to the point where uh, we were thinking of renaming our shit Freedom, Freedom Fries. Fries. Yeah, I remember, remember that. that blip in time. Yep. Yeah. Or, you know, well, if it wasn't for us, they'd be speaking German right now. Whew. Great. Oof. Still to this day, uh, people, whenever you mention France, think they're pussies, which is really ironic because uh, whenever something goes down with their social structure they don't like, like, Slashing benefits, for example, mm-hmm. they will riot. Yeah, there. take right to the streets. Whereas yeah. us, I don't know. Most thing we'll do is like have a protest prayer circle and let the cops beat the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, keep that, people, folks. Keep that in mind whenever someone calls the French pussies. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Hussein was off his throne. Thousands of Iraqis were tearing down fascist monuments. Which is true. They were tearing down Hussein monuments. Yep. Yeah, think about now whenever we tear down monuments. Mostly yep. like Confederates or like Christopher Columbus. Mm-hmm. He decries this, by the way. You know, what about our heritage? We won't learn about it unless we have statues about it. <laughs> you know, statues that with taxpayer dollars have to be maintained. Mm-hmm. And lit. Yeah. yeah. Had the pigeon shit cleaned off them. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, black, you know, black folks, if they don't like Confederate statues being there because, you know, Confederate suppressed them, well, too bad. You know, you got to keep up that history. And uh, 
you gotta use your tax dollars to take care of it. Can't give you any money though for food. Right. Oh, fuck. yeah, there's none of that in the budget, feeding yeah, other people. Yeah, fuck feeding. Letting them go to the doctor yeah. when they need to go. Yeah, fuck feeding. We gotta Impossible. Keep, we gotta keep the, you know, you know fuck, fuck providing benefits and rightful reparations to the indigenous community. We gotta keep this Christopher Columbus statue up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. And go to space. Oh, yeah, but don't worry. Uh, Jeff Bezos is doing that. You know, millionaires are leading the way. As Gil Scott Heron once sang, but why he's on the moon? One sci-fi action hero at a time. Yep. Surprisingly, uh, who, uh, Cap, what's his name? He played Captain Kirk. Yeah, William Shatner. Yeah, he went there. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, I didn't hear any hopes that he get blown up. Like, <laughs> no, some people said stay there. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Because I remember when uh, Bezos first launched into space, mm-hmm. we were all like, blow up. Right. Die. <laughs> they make memes of like right. old timey pictures of like a family sitting down in front of a TV <laughs> with popcorn with like Bezos dies in explosion. Right. Can we can we charge Jeff Bezos an eight million uh eight billion dollar uh earth reentry fee? <laughs> like we we kicked you out, bitch. We locked the gate behind you, you're not allowed back, you gotta pay up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the constitutional democracy was being instituted. Uh, that's been uh, weighing over the years. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes they're more free than other times. They're like kind of like a semi-puppet government to the U.S. now. But the Iraqi government remains a government. Oh, yeah. Right? It's still, yeah, it still is. Yeah. It's still around. As opposed to what happened in Afghanistan I mean, this te- year. technically it's a government. Just, it is a government. A but, government. But unlike the one in Afghanistan, they're not going to, like, bow to American demands. Yeah. All right. For Bush's opposition, this was the last straw. Weeping over supposed violation of international law, Democrats who had approved presidential discretionary use of force in Iraq now decide once again that they have been deceived. And so they slander Bush as a warmonger and a traitor. They in their vile ilk claim that Bush was a shill for Saudi oil. Their presidential candidate, John Kerry, deride Bush as a liar, even as Kerry himself refused to answer straight questions about either his record or his political opinions. <laughs> which, it's not, which, yeah, Bush and his family are connected to the Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I know, I was going to say. Um, and to be fair, every president is a shill for Saudi Arabia, along with Israel. Yeah. We will support them no matter what. You know, for that sweet oil and, of course, all that power that they give us in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. So, to be fair for that. And access to the waterway, the Strait of, oh, what is that one? Oh, man. The one Saudi Arabia and Iran. There's a waterway between them. <laughs> uh, I honestly don't know. Yeah, it's like a constriction point for oil access. Yep. And on our here, uh, Kerry himself refused to answer questions about his record of political opinions. Yeah, that was kind of true. Uh, and I also remember uh, Swip Pope Veterans for Truth. Yeah. Which, which was basically this position that John Kerry was a anti-war coward. It was like, if you look back at the Vietnam War, yeah, that actually makes him a hero. He was there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, that paper trail exists. 
I mean, stack that up with Bush. Like, didn't he, like, get kicked out for being high on cocaine? I mean, I don't think he got kicked out, but he got in trouble for it. Yeah, in tr- he got reprimanded. Yeah. I just love this cocaine. That's a good impression, actually. <laughs> All right, we're nearing the end here. All right. The pounding took its coal, toll. Carried the perfect embodiment of leftist hatred for George W. Bush. Uh, fulfilled his lifelong ambition, and like Winston Churchill, Bush was unceremoniously thrown from office. So we're keeping with like the future narrative here. In this alternate reality, Kerry fucking won and throws Bush from office, which is funny because uh, in real in the real world here, uh, Kerry got fucking stomped. Yeah. So this and is one month before the 2004 election when this article yeah. was being written. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it was deserving too because Carrie fucking sucked. Yeah, man, this is hyperbolic as fuck. I know. <laughs> in this future, Carrie won and just turned into a shithole. Unlike, unlike you know, Bush in his second term, or Obama, or Trump, or Biden. Now, <laughs> no, they're all do they all they are all doing such great jobs. You wonder if this guy gets like drunk at night and like reads his old material just like I doubt, oh, it. I doubt uh, it. Matter of fact, I'm I'm gonna go say I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that has like brought this up in well over a decade. Me, Garrett Schalke, here on this podcast. You heard it here. <clears throat> <clears throat> the rest is history. Faith in American Republicanism has been undermined by candidates who will not acknowledge the legitimacy of majority Democratic results. What does that remind you of? <laughs> America has been plagued by a sporadic but regular and devastating pattern of terrorist bombings and killings. The public, lacking a clear moral system, flounders for a vision, and it calls for the most convenient solution. More government. <laughs> God, this is another thing I just don't get about conservatives, along with their whole traditionalism, morality thing. Mm-hmm. Like, what do they think more government involves? Like, he talked about his support of, like, you know, racial profiling, anti-terror surveillance methods. He talked about his support of Basically imperialism, invading other yeah. countries and taking them over. It's going to require that, a lot that, of stormtroopers. Those guys that's, all get paid that's by big the federal go- government. That's yeah. all big government. You yeah. need big government for that yeah, shit. To enforce that shit, yeah. <laughs> that's why like, I really don't pay attention or respect the whole small versus big government thing. Yeah. It's all bullshit. There's too many contradictions in them as a waste of time to be like, mm-hmm. well, we need small governments. Well, well, no, you're keeping the same shit. Uh, 50 years ago this week, President Bush said that the true history of my administration will be written 50 years from now, and you and I will not be around to see it. History will uh, vindicate me. (laughs) You can't be vindicated the vindicator. (laughs) You can't vindicate the vindicator when he's the vindicatee or the vindicated. Now, in 2054... I only wish I could go back and convince Americans to recognize George W. Bush, Bush's greatness, when they had the chance. <laughs> Boom. Mic drop. Yep. Wow, what an article, dude. Which, by the way... This is content. Yep, this which, is real content. Which, by the way, one more thing I want to point out about the whole big government thing. He mentions, you know, America is plagued by regular terrorist attacks and killings. The public lack, lacks flounders for a vision. 
and it calls for more government. Mm-hmm. Well, wouldn't that kind of be a solution, though, to, like, terrorist attacks? I mean, government coming in and stopping it? Because clearly not having it is kind of being a problem. You, you would think that would be a solution. Yeah. So, like, no, no, we need less government as something blows up because there's no one to stop it. Benny. There you go. Uh, ben Shapiro. Uh, October 27th, 2004, the greatest president of the 21st century at townhall.com. <laughs> Look it up, folks. It's a hilarious column. I love it. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck. Man, that was content. Yeah, that's pretty good. You enjoy that? Yeah. Yeah. Article reads. I like this whole, like, digging into the past of, like, modern controversial figures finding their writings and then dissecting them on the podcast. I think this is a great turn. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, this was about as far as the last one where uh, <clears throat> I read you that weird libertarian guy who said, like, Donald Trump, you are still president. <laughs> and he listed all the ways that you stole the president, technically. Mm-hmm. <sighs> man, I, man, what a world we live in these days. Yeah. Well, been a few other things in my personal life if you'd like to hear them. Carry on. Well, actually, what time is it? Because I know you're. Oh, we have. I'm. It is now sixteen eleven on the clock. Sixteen eleven. Yeah, it is four eleven. Yeah. The 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 evil version of the band three eleven. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to have a a. An, a break at some point, but yeah, we'll see. We can carry on. Speak of evil, have you ever seen like these evil memes, musician memes, as they've been calling them? No. Basically, their memes were like you take like an evil version of that band, and it's like, usually like a lyric, mm-hmm. and it's like the exact opposite of what they've actually sing or they believe. And uh, I've been loving these, and I've made quite a few this week. If you would like to see them. Yeah, sure. Let's see. Man, I just share so much these days. Here's one. Like, uh, you heard Killer Mike, haven't you? I have. Yeah, you ever heard his song, Reagan? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, I man. don't think I've heard any of his music, actually. I just oh, don't man. know who he is. Oh, man, you should listen to it. It's like one of his most well-known singles. And he has, like, the famous line at the end where he says... I'll say four words. I'm glad Reagan dead. <laughs> now, my meme, evil killer Mike be like, I'm sad Reagan dead. <laughs> I got a few more, like, mm-hmm. evil anal cunt be like, subject of song is straight. <laughs> For those who don't know, anal cunt was a shitty grindcore band by this piece of shit name. Seth something. And yeah, most of his songs was about something being gay or whatever, like, you know, like, Limp Bizkit is gay, or you live in a houseboat because you're gay or something. <laughs> or my, one of my personal favorites, you you broke into a sperm bank because you're a cum-guzzling uh, homophobic slur. Wow. <laughs> Uh, and, cor- and here's one that I didn't make, but like 
evil minor threat be like, I smoke, I drink, I fuck? <laughs> that one's good. Yeah. That is really good. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, God, here's another one. Is uh, it's, it's a different type, but like someone took this, like, mm-hmm. oh, God, he's going for the jukebox. Yeah. The first one I saw was like he was wearing a fish Fish. Shirt. I think that's the original, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, stop that fucking guy. Yeah, well, I used to do that stuff all the time. I'd go, I'd play 10-minute Opeth songs oh, at the fucking God. jukebox. He's, I am that guy, dude. You fucking monster. Yeah, Grateful Dead jams. Oh, uh, yeah, I did the whole dude, thing. Dude, I'm doing an evil Grateful Dead meme tonight. No one's going to be like, no one's going to say. Two-minute songs. No, evil Grateful Dead be like, the box of rain will increase the pain. <laughs> Instead of ease the pain. Mm-hmm. Now you're kind of getting what they mean here. Mm-hmm. Or my favorite, evil dead Kennedys be like, let's worship the landlords. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That's good too. Evil Daniel Johnson be like, true hate will find you in the end. <laughs> oh wait, someone made this. Evil Seinfeld be like, a show about everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh good, he's going for the jukebox. Mustard plug beer song. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. I think I saw you post that one. Uh, all right, and that's all the ones I made for now. I'll probably make some more later, like the Grateful Dead one that I just mentioned. <laughs> Leftover crack. I'm gonna put like fuck yeah, World Trade. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, World Trade. Dude, it, I'm just going to finish it tonight because, like most memes, it's probably going to die out in a week or two. Mm-hmm. Okay, before we move on to the next topic, I just got to show this one. Just read it, Zach. People who refuse to shit in public bathrooms are gross, like you're just walking around with a bunch of turds inside <laughs> you. That's nasty as hell. <laughs> this one took a turn on me. I didn't know where this was going. <laughs> Why would you walk around with turds in you? Just poop. Because you don't wash shit in a public bathroom. It's hard to find a place to poop. It's true. Oh, oh yeah. And uh, that's why homeless people will say do in the street, and then Republicans will bitch about it. Yeah. Even though there's no place for them to go. Yeah. That would be a solution, but we can't have that. Right. What if we just used kitty boxes everywhere on the corners? <laughs> No, how about we and then ju- big how- government paid to have sanitation workers come by and change the, the litter no, boxes. How about we take the real republic solution and just kill them all, <laughs> right? Or make or put the uh, the uncomfortable park benches and like the concrete spikes yeah. underneath overpasses. Yeah, fuck those. Things. Yeah, dude. What kind the, of savage fucker does shit? Like you know that? what? G- official DS GSB's position. If you see that anti-homeless stuff. Fucking racket. Yeah, dude, like, sledgehammer. Like, yeah, like, obviously do it in a way you don't get caught. I'm not advocating you get arrested, but... Certainly not. If you can, destroy that fucking shit, because fuck that. Mm-hmm. That's your taxpayer money going for that bullshit. Or you could do what the city of Kalamazoo's done recently with their homeless population. Destroy their camp and then tell them they have to get out of town by sundown. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that's effective. Nice. Fun. Not joking here, yeah. folks. This is actually happening as we speak right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what to say. It's just <laughs> fucking wow. I mean, get out of town by sundown? What the fuck? Yeah, that's, that's some Wild West shit. 
That's the type of thing that's that not you say wa- to, like, That's not a Wild West. That's, like, pre-Civil Rights era. Yeah. Redline shit. Yeah. This is flabbergasting. It is, man. There's very the, little the, compassion. The, the city government accountant zoo is just hot garbage. The only good person I could think of in there is maybe Don Cooney. That's it. Agreed. He's basically like the Bernie Sanders account. Old man Cooney's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I like that guy. I've met him a few times. He's fun. Uh, same here. Yeah. God, bring back the other mayor. Oh, Bobby Hopewell? Yeah, bring him back. He was awesome, dude. He was mayor for like 20 years. Yeah, so Dave Anderson. That guy sucked. He was yeah. vice mayor for the same amount of time, though. Like, Wait, he was vice mayor? I'm pretty sure. God damn it. Yeah. Yep. No, don't bring Bobby Holwell back. <laughs> uh, I have a funny story involving former guest Andy Argo. Okay. Uh, apparently he lived in... I'm not doing this justice. Andy, come back on the podcast. <laughs> Aw, Andy, come back. Debate me, you coward. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kidding. I love Andy. Of course. So, so I'm butchering your story for this podcast. But he one of his four houses, I forget which neighborhood he lived in, this was even before I met him. He uh, lived in this, I guess, on the same block as Bobby Hopewell. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had, like, a van at the time that was a bucket, to say the least, mm-hmm. to use an insane clown posse Michigan term, bucket for shitty car. Mm-hmm. He comes out one day, and he sees a note on his windshield, looks at it, and he says, says something like, get your piece of shit car off off the road and <laughs> signed Bobby Hopewell. Wow. <laughs> Which makes me almost not believe it. Cause like, if you're, a, if you're the mayor of Kalamazoo, why would you sign your yeah, name you to such an incendiary note? Yeah. But no, uh, no. So, but no, I guess he did. And now it's one of the treasured possessions that Andy owns along with like his football signed by Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> <laughs> What a fella. Uh, I love you, Andy. Come yeah. back on, dude. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it's been quite a week for me. Okay. Because now I have a new landlord. Wow. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know. I think I talked to you about this before, but uh, back in August, got a text from Lighthouse stating that uh, mm-hmm. they're selling the house. Yeah. And uh, we had uh, people come in and... Uh, look at the house, the realtors and everything. Yeah. This went on for two months. It was just so weird about it. Like we'll have like one or two weeks of just like constant stream of shitheads come in. And they would ask you stuff like, you know, what's the best thing about living here? Yeah. Or, uh, I would listen to like some of these realtors and they'll say stuff like this would make a great place to put a desk. I'm like, Wait, I thought you were get, you were looking for other landlords, not people that would take over the house and boot us out. Until mm-hmm. so it got to the point where, like, whenever one was come, I would just peace out and let my other housemates deal with them. Yeah, because I couldn't stand it. But then that, like, they would go some weeks where, like, we would get nothing, and either it'd be because of uh, no one was interested in it, or one time there was like a deal but it didn't close. Then, uh, Lighthouse, and my, oh, fuck, I'll just say their name, Lighthouse Property Management, my former, now former landlord, fuck them, they suck, <laughs> but they would do, like, strange things, like, have, like, hey, guys, new fire alarm inspection, like, 
wait a minute, didn't you already have one of these like a month ago? Why are you doing another one? Mm. Aren't you selling this place? Hmm. And my favorite one is that uh, they sent an email detailing how in January of next year they would be changing their payment methods so that we could no longer drop off like personal checks or money orders. Mm-hmm. And get this, the new, the new thing that if, I, if we were still under them, this is what we'd be doing next year. We would be doing online payments, mm-hmm. all right? Credit card. Yeah. E-check, all right? Or my personal favorite, and I can't really go into full details of it because I don't want to bring it up on my phone right now, but basically you would pay them money, but not like, you know, you go into the office and pay them cash and they give you a receipt. No, no, no. You got to use this money system which is similar to, like, Western Union or something. <laughs> Not Western Union, something else I've never heard of. And as they described it, you could go to a location like a 7-Eleven, a Walgreens, or a Walmart. Jesus. And you pay them through that. Wow. Which sounds like a fucking money laundering it scam does. to me. <laughs> it does. I'm like, I'm nearly a decade with you, and you want me to now pay my rent by going to a 7-Eleven? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, we don't... And the final thing was uh, I came home like two weeks ago. Well, no, no. God, I'm getting my days mixed up. No, it was actually uh, last month, like the final week of September. I come home and uh, we have like one of these uh, lock storage cases. You know how you put yeah, keys in them? Yeah, key boxes, yeah. Yeah, key boxes. Is that what they're calling them? Yeah. Now little kids are calling them these days. <laughs> Strangely enough, I didn't know what they were at first because mm-hmm. I, even though I've seen them all the time in Chicago, sure. And uh, I noticed, I noticed that instead of being up against the wall like it usually is, it was like just on our front deck, wide open. Mm-hmm. That usually means someone's in there. Yeah. So yeah. I look at it, and both of our keys are still in there key to my unit and our neighbor's unit. Wow. And earlier in the day, they had an appraiser come in to, like, appraise the place. Right. So I email our, uh, I text our realtor. I'm like, hey, uh, does your appraiser know that they left the thing open like this for everyone to see? Jesus. My guess is that this motherfucker, because our house, Lighthouse, did not keep it up. Mm-hmm. It, it's a shitty house in Heritage Hill, a very gentrified neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the shittier houses. It's why I live there. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing he came in to appraise it, saw how shitty it was, and just like, oh, fucking, Argh! and he, he just, just tossed, He just tossed the lock and then left it off. <laughs> Maybe that was the case. That's probably, that's what I imagine. I can't imagine like he, he just, that or like he just didn't care. Like, oh, I'm done. Puts the lock in, just tosses it. Mm-hmm. So I texted her. She's like, I am so sorry. I will make sure this never happens again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I will say this. The realtor, let's call her Stephanie. She's actually pretty nice. Okay. I, I, I'm, and I try not to, like, displace my anger about this at her. Sure. She is just a working professional doing yeah. her job. Yeah. So, anyway, this week we finally got confirmation. We got a new landlord. All right. Finally, we are done with fucking Lighthouse. And I will say this for everyone. If you are moving to Grand Rapids, Kent County, or Southwest Michigan in general, 
I advise you avoid lighthouse property management. I was under these motherfuckers' thumb for nearly a decade now. Eight years. And they fucking suck. Just some of the most callous, lazy assholes I can imagine. And, uh, the only ones I could think that were worse than them was some of the slumlords here in Kalamazoo. Hmm. Who, who work in the Vi neighborhood to rip off students. So, get the second half here. <laughs> Gotta watch that clock. <laughs> Watching the clock. Anyway, the new guy, um, let's call him, uh, Billy. Billy. Oh, Billy. It's Billy. Uh, he par- apparently runs a thing called Grand Rapids Property Investments. Hmm. Which is... Is exactly as fake as it sounds. Yeah. It does not actually exist because I tried looking up and can't find a thing about it. But the address that he gave for it is based in Ferndale. Mm-hmm. And it's a cafe in Ferndale. Hmm. The number he gave us is his cell phone number in which this, the voicemail box has not been set up yet. Perfect. And the email is, uh, is the name of it and Name of it, Grand Rapids Property Investments. The three at uh, three at the end mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Nice. <laughs> nice. I have to say, this guy's been nice so far, but it's basically a one-dude operation as far as I can tell. Like, mm-hmm. this motherfucker owns a cafe in Ferndale, and I guess he's like, well, if I can run a cafe, surely I can be a landlord. <laughs> <laughs> Surely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and we, his first real challenge happened this, this, uh, past Thursday. Cause, uh, I had to work overtime, unfortunately, at my shade day job. Mm-hmm. I get a text from my uh, housemate saying, uh, hey, we have no power in the house. And I looked at the, uh, uh, consumer's, uh, power outage map, and there's no outages around here. Mm hmm. I think that uh, Lighthouse cut our power, and uh, the new guy hasn't set up an account with the consumers yet. Wow. I was like, can you please email him, tell him to fix this? I'm like, I'm at work till 5. His number should be on the um, paper that he gave us. like, oh, okay, I'll call him. A few minutes later, I've been having no luck, and I've been trying to, like, call him repeatedly to annoy him. And he, he gave us a cell phone number. <laughs> and I guess he, like, figured out who she was, even though, I don't know, she, like, emailed him yet to set up a direct deposit like I have. Mm-hmm. So he sent texts to her, like, I'm aware of the situation. I'm talking to consumers right now. Because hmm. it turns out the our neighbors below were talking to him. Hmm. And uh, then... I think the power was out for like an hour and it came back on. So I get back. I talked to my housemate about the situation and uh, she actually talked to him on Billy on the phone. And according to Billy, this is what happened. Uh, Lighthouse, I guess, told him like this tomorrow, this upcoming Monday is when like they were going to delete their account, I guess, with consumers on our house. He's like, okay, we'll have some set up by then. Lighthouse, I guess on Thursday, just said, you know what, fuck waiting, let's, get, let's delete it now. 
And D-Day did, and we lost power for it now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Lighthouse is one last fuck you, if you heard anything about it. Yeah. And he told us, like, okay, I got it all set up, and I'm pretty sure I have it, I have it, have it set up with the water and the heat. Keep in mind, he said pretty sure, so there is a possibility that our heat and, le- and water could be shut off, too. Wow. <laughs> Flawless execution. Yep. And I thought that was the end of it this week, but no. Yesterday, Lighthouse did something that just shocked me to my core. I could not fucking believe it. What's that? I received a check in the email from Lighthouse reimbursing me for my rent that I paid. Because you see, I uh, I won't be doing now because I'm now doing direct deposit, pay with my credit card. Mm-hmm. But for a couple of years now, I've been I paid ahead so that if I couldn't pay right away on the first, then I could technically get away with it because I pay ahead. Mm-hmm. Nope, they gave me the money back, which shocked the fuck out of me. Because wow. when we learned that I got the new landlord, um, I thought for uh, sure that uh, I. I would never get that money back. Indeed, Lighthouse has not replied to my email, like of me asking them to, to get my money back. Hmm. I was sure that sure they would deny that I did it, gaslight me on it, sure, or say like, "Oh, Mister Shelky, you know we would, but there's this and that, so we're keeping the money." Mm-hmm. But no, they gave it back to me. Just shocked me that <laughs> this immoral company would do something like that. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, that's the current saga going on with my new landlord. <laughs> Hopefully he won't legally evict us next year. By legally evict, I mean jack up the rent so high that we can't that we gotta move out. Yeah. Yeah. That could be coming. <laughs> huh. No, actually, you want to take a break right now? Cause, yeah, uh, sure. My voice is like really ragged. And there's one last thing I want to talk to you about that kind of like the Ben Shapiro piece and the story about the landlord. I'm going to have to like prepare. All right. All right, folks. Uh, it's break we'll time. Be right back. All right. We're back. Final round of this podcast. Yo. An extended break. My voice is just ravaged. <laughs> One other thing I want to talk about, another great thing this week, is that, uh, once again, I, as an indie writer, I have been bamboozled by another, <laughs> another bamboozled. Yeah, uh, tell me, uh, Zachary, have you ever heard of a vertical, vertical publishing before? No, I know the, uh, Vertigo comic book imprint oh this oh my friend this is vastly different than, <laughs> than that legendary imprint that featured swamp thing and hellblazer and shade the changing man among other things no no this is vastly different virgo publishing house is a publishing house out of italy i forget where and uh trigger warning there's gonna be a lot of italian mispronunciations and probably some racism there but that's cool now. Being racist against Italians is very cool right now. So I'm just going along with the trends. <laughs> yeah, so um, back in June, before I went on my New Orleans summer vacation, I received an email from uh, 
Virgo Publishing House from one of their representatives. And it turns out they wanted to possibly publish Golden Grey Wolf of Chicago in Italian. Yay! Translations. Yep, yep. So they requested a uh, PDF. Then they would give it 90 days to review it and get back to me. All right. I come back from my trip. I send them that. And time goes by. Until this week. And it's been more than 90 days, but... Yeah, so, uh... So they sent me it, and uh, apparently they would like to publish it. And, uh... Before I, uh... Get too far into the ending... Let me, uh, just read you an email from, uh... Their representative named Alexandra Caligari. <laughs> the Caligari. <laughs> Dear Garrett, I'm writing to you because I met my co-workers from the press office and the distribution of the publishing house to discuss your book. Keep in mind, this is the first golden book, Going to Grey Wolf Chicago, available now. Well, it's been available the last couple of years. Yeah, keep in mind, this is a less than 100-page book, or shortly over, I forget which. They're key figures in order to evaluate a work. Every year, our press office guarantees the publication of more than 500 articles in the main English and Italian papers. Our distribution team follows all of our titles throughout the long and hard placement process from warehouse to the reader's home. They both agreed to my opinion on your work. That's why we drafted a proposal that we think might best enhance it. First of all, though, I like to insist on the fact that it was a real pleasure to get to know you. Our exchange, our exchange of impressions was really enriching. And No, I'm kind of like the reading series. I'm just going to read a whole and then go through sure, it. Sure, sure. Because I could just break it and just go over but. <laughs> As you might have guessed by now, when I evaluate a book, a book to publish, I only follow one rule. I am looking for clever books. As Cecilia said, the smart content will offer to the reader an immediate, sometimes even conspirational comprehension. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Below you will find a link to the project we studied for you. It includes a summary of the editorial project for your work and a copy of your publication contract. It is also important for you to read the page to the end, as it includes two separate art sections. The first one is the editorial project of your work, while the second is the publication contract we would like to bring to your attention. Before the section is dedicated to your book, you also find information on our publishing house. Please do not hesitate to contact me for any needs or doubts may come up. All right, let's go over this for a second. All right, here we go. He mentions that it's got a pleasure to get to know you, our exchange, you know, our exchanges. First of all, there's been none of that. Like, our the exchange is pretty much just them contacting me, then me replying positively, and then uh, offering them my uh, my contact information, including, you know, my address, my P.O. Box address, email, phone number, Yes, I gave out my phone number. To you. <laughs> and then my what? phone number is two six nine five. Stop. <laughs> and technically, they gave me mine, which they gave me theirs, by the way, which includes a WhatsApp, Telegram telephone number, 
know, Telegram, which is basically the fascist version of Twitter. Mm-hmm. And also there's Skype Live, so there's our Skype man. Uh, did I mention, too, that as my editor, I kind of also expect you to fight on my behalf? <laughs> so I'd be more than happy so to. So maybe getting ahead of ourselves, but since, spoiler alert, they, they try to screw me over money-wise... I kind of want you to go on Skype with this person and bish them out for me. Wow, all right. Let's, yeah, we'll talk off podcast. Let's let's make this a, a professional yeah, task. How, how dare you <laughs> do, do this to my client? You want to take advantage of my client? Yeah. Now, uh, Internationally. Now, here, I have, the con- mind, now here I have the contract, like the actual contract. But the link that they have here, and this is kind of how I figured that this is uh, a scam is you see uh, when when I talk to someone and there's a publishing contract this is why I get like, like we didn't do that with Hub Jamboree it's just a gentleman's handshake mm-hmm. but I have known other publishing houses from other writer, other writers who got published and know what it was just a contract Yeah, had the information had places to sign it Maybe like a logo or two of the company. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Sure. What they, what these people did was give me basically a presentation. Yeah. Like, like if there was a, uh, if I was in the room with them, this is be like their slideshow projection project. And that is already, uh, uh, God damn, I'm blanking. Red flag, red flag. Because mm-hmm. no other publishers do this. They do not give you a big fucking presentation. Because it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they... Uh, and I tried to print it out too, by the way, but my printer just fucked up on printing it. So anyway, they give me like a big thing explaining their publishing house. <laughs> they gave me an example of one of their newest writers. Some Italian writer, he wrote... Apparently wrote some, some that involved like uh, one of the great painters, Italian Renaissance painters, some mystery about them. And guess what? Apparently it's been hailed by uh, the BBC, the writer, as the next Dan Brown. <sighs> All right, uh, Zach, you've dealt with a few of these before in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that these these uh, scammers, these publishing scammers, like to entice you in by bringing big names. Sure, like Dan yeah, they'll Brown. name drop. Yeah. They'll, they'll imply that you'll get a bunch of results because maybe they have one success story that they paid for. Like, it's it's dangerous stuff, man. Yeah, a little anecdote about how they'll they'll bring you great success, or you know how they'll they'll only make money when you make money like stuff like that is really all right really now i did red flags yeah so it gives me a bunch of that Mm -hmm. a bunch of like pictures of the books that they supposedly published Mm -hmm. along with like graphics of where they've gotten great praise from including Mm -hmm. you know cnn washington post new york times bbc which is funny because I've never heard of these people until right. this year. So if it's on all these mainstream networks and shit, you think I would know. Anyway, here's the final end of the evaluation, which I was able to copy and paste onto a regular paper here. Mm-hmm. 
Evaluation Committee meeting for the day 10-13-2021. The plan study includes the translation, the placing on the market, and the promotion of the work, Godin, The Grey Wolf, Chicago. The book showed us very interesting points for reflection. The salient features we identified were deepened during a telephone interview between the author, Garrett Schalke, and our reference person. Didn't fucking happen. I never talked to any of these people. So that's a fucking lie right there. Who took... Our reference person, who took care of the following path of work through the literary evaluation, Alessandria Caligari. Gotta do that. <laughs> Caligari. Caligari. God, fucking Italians. God damn it. <laughs> hey Creasy motherfuckers. <laughs> no, you know that the reason why I'm so fat, Zach? Well, why is that? Italian food? Yes, Italian food is my favorite. <laughs> So that's kind of why I'm a little prejudiced against Italians. You have made me fat with your excellent fatty foods. Pizza is very Pizzas good. Pizzas and your Spaghetti. pastas and your ravioli. <laughs> Cannolis. Cannolis. Yeah. God damn it. Olive oil. And now you're doing this to me. The Italians are trying to, trying to fucking... <laughs> They're trying to finesse some writer money out of you. Have you no shame, <laughs> Trying to get all those proceeds from... Yep. Anyway, enough with the races. Godin, the Grey Wolf of Chicago. Yeah, more like the Grey Wolf of Ravioli. (laughs) The Grey grey Wolf of Roma. That fucking bomb. So bad. I'm so sorry, folks. Okay. To enhance the book's diffusive potential, which, by the way, the use of big words here. Yeah. The other outline, in conjunction with the press office head of the distribution team, a high-impact promotional strategy, playing a series of targeted initiatives, <laughs> including a presentation on TV, the international reputation for the book through the participation to national international book fairs and intense press office work. Okay, so the way they did that is telling me a bunch of stuff they, they're going to do, and then a bunch of stuff... That is just so wide open to interpretation. You have no idea what they're talking about. Like, you know, like a presentation on TV. Okay, what TV? Like, what channels? How far is it going to go? No, intense press office work. What the fuck does that mean? Intense press office work? Participation to national and international book fairs. Okay, there you go. That's something. They don't name any specific, but there are book fairs. Mm-hmm. The contract includes, while counting on the... Here we go. This is where it just sealed the deal for me. That This was a fucking scam. The contract includes, while counting on the purchase of a fixed number of copies, the reimbursement of the paid contribution once 500 books are sold. Yeah. Then, here it goes. The publishing proposal summary contract terms. Translation and form revision of the text. All right. No, that, that needs to be done since I don't know Italian. Mm-hmm. Critics know slash preface. So they'll write a preface in my book. Okay, that's also legit. Mm-hmm. Talk about how cool I am. Right. My Italians will love. This famous American author. Famous American Garrett author. The, Garrett the Schelke. The next. That's actually really insane. The next Jonathan Franzen, Garrett Schalke. Because, <laughs> you know, you got to compare me to a much more famous author. National distribution. 
All right. In the nation of Italy? Uh, no, national, so maybe. <laughs> one presentation on TV. Mm, just one? At 3 a.m. Just one. In between porn uh, shows. Salone del Libro of Turin. I don't know what that means, because I can't... Because, you see, they do not speak American, so I can't read that. Salone? Piu Libra, Pure Libra of Rome. I think these are libraries. Oh, library, okay. Of Rome. First, I thought, like, is it going to be in the Vatican? Mm -hmm. Because I know they have a library. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, they say it's the largest pornography collection. (laughs) (laughs) Frankfurter Birchmess. I like uh, hot dogs. Yeah. London Book Fair. Okay, there you go. It's going to take place. Now, in there's Berkeley. some English. That yeah. is some words London I Book can Fair. understand. Lieber Book Fair, Barcelona slash Madrid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, these, those must be Italian book fairs then. Turin yeah, and Rome are cities. So. Tell me, you've heard about the London Book Fair, okay? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of the famous... USA Book Fair? No. <laughs> How can you not have heard the USA Book Fair? We live in the USA. Right. Surely you have heard of the USA Book Fair. And last but not least, though. The Decay Press Office. I mean, that's invaluable for One your... press office ju- just for me, for my little old book. <laughs> But how many copies of the book do you need to purchase in order to get paid? Here we go. <laughs> copies that I would have to purchase for this. 250 copies. Mm-hmm. Cover price, I honestly don't know what they call like Italian money. Right. Well, so, I believe they use euros. Oh, so it says thirteen ninety. So I'm mm-hmm. assuming... This is like $13.90? Maybe? They definitely and very intentionally don't use an insignia to talk about what currency they're referring to. (laughs) Using the comma would lead me to believe euros, but I'm sure they mean... So let's just say $13. Or $14. So then reimbursement of the contribution, which is... You know, if I buy 250 copies of them for $13.90, yeah. they, 500 copies would have to be sold for them to start giving me money. Yeah, to start reimbursing. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. folks, um, fellow writers, you know, come, come sit on Uncle Garrett's knee. <laughs> let, let, me, let, let me tell you something. This is not what legit publishing companies do. They do not want... want they do not demand first that you buy a shit ton of stuff. Yeah. Like, especially like big major ones. Now, they may, uh, like, here with uh, Elblad Media Group with Zach and that, here with Zach, mm-hmm. our arrangement to this day is that, you know, I pay you for specific services. Like yeah. formatting, cover design, some editing, mm-hmm. uh, French kissing, stuff like that. <laughs> that one's the expensive one. That's a moneymaker. Yeah. yeah, I know. You should lower that price. <laughs> I really wish you would. But you see, those are specific services. And you, when you do it, you tell me the service you're going to do. Yeah. You're not, like, offering me the world, which is what these people are doing. Stuff that mm-hmm. they say they're going to do, but they can't prove. Yeah, or or in essence, they're what they're going to do is they're going to have a, a a little 
area set up at one of these book fairs and they're going to have you in a giant list of other people that they've done this for and your information will technically be available they might even take a copy of that physical book and put it on a shelf in their display but no one's going to actively try to sell it for you yeah you know no one's gonna no one's gonna um give you creative critiques no one's gonna handhold you throughout the process they're going to take your text and then basically expect you to market it through these venues and then they're going to charge you for the privilege of having done so. Yeah, like, and it, you're, you're going to be making the money for them. Exactly, then, if any money is made at all. Yeah. It's by them first. Yeah, they're yeah. they're not expecting to make money yeah. off this. They want you to pay them to buy the 250 copies and then if by some weird chance you make that magic 500 copy sold they will give you money mm-hmm. allegedly allegedly it, like they don't expect that to happen and i'm pretty sure that if it does get that they will figure out some excuse to get around it or they'll just ghost you mm-hmm. which is what a lot of publishers especially indie publishers do mm-hmm. they'll just stop replying or they'll say like sorry we're out business yeah so there we go and uh so we got here the contract. Print off. As you can see, um, it looks legit, right? Yeah, there's, it, there's a logo. Now we don't have to go over everything here because uh, it kind of just goes over all that I just summarized in red. There are a few interesting things here, though. Now, it talks about here film rights. You know that? Mm-hmm. Film rights? Even if we don't hold the film rights of the work by virtue of this agreement, you immediately allow us to promote it with film production companies. An eventual pack will be subject to your approval to the proposed conditions and, as a consequence, to sign a specific new agreement. Wow. That's some money laundering <laughs> shit right there, dude. Now, yeah. imagine if you were a mafioso... And you could pay somebody $250,000 for the rights to a movie, and then they could, like, begin production and then bankrupt it, and then that money would be re- reimbursed by insurance, and it would be cleaned. Yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting. That, is, that sounds like a money laundering scheme, yeah. an Italian yeah. money laundering scheme using United States authors. Huh. Yep. Huh. Yep. And uh, Noted. Well... Okay, we got really ahead there at the bottom because, you know, it's a film. Mm-hmm. Here's the top of it. Dear Garishalki, as agreed by our exchanges, which didn't happen, we're sending you the publishing contract of your work, attaching a letter, which is an integral part of our agreement. By signing this agreement, you undertake to purchase 250 copies of your work. Wow. Which, which, by the way, they capitalize your work. Yeah. No other economic commitment must be supported. Each reprint or subsequent edition of the work is our responsibility. Isn't that nice of them? What Just, a kindness. Yeah. Yep. I wonder if you get any proceeds. Carry on. <laughs> nope. Not until you get 500 copies. Yeah. Let's see. At which you get paid which percentage? Because this is not a yeah. contract. Yeah. Which, well, this is the contract, actually. Well, that that is what this document is labeled as, but it is not an actual contract. But bro, look, there's something I could yeah. sign. This is a uh, this is an agreement. Yep. Which, by the way, they got more specific here rather than the summary. 
see, I I will participate among other things in the International London Book Fair, the International Book Expo of America. Which I don't know if that exists or not, but it sounds that sounds like some DC bullshit. It sounds, I believe it. It sounds more legit than USA Book Fair. Yeah. And your work will be sent to the National Libraries in Rome and Florence. Aw, Rome and Florence. What about Turin? <laughs> yeah, see, your work, work will be presented on our social TV. Consecor TV. Hmm. No, social social TV. TV. So is that social media broadcast streaming television or is that an in-house CCTV that gets broadcast only to the fucking company that you're talking like the three office employees that are sending these fraudulent fucking emails yep your the work which by the way a lot of the stuff they just capitalize for some reason sure the work right it would be all capitalized at least in US legal they should just do all calf the work the work the work will be presented on the editor's online bookstore. A dedicated webpage will be created. This will also be kept up to date by the editor with extracts of the press review, one literary prizes, audio slash video content from the interviews and or events, and post-publication literary advice. Because that's what I need, literary advice. Post-publication. That's and when you Report you for your new most. literary prizes and contracts to which the work can be sent. So not only will I get paid after 500 copies are sold, I will win prizes. Why would a translation team give you post-publication literary advice from a market that you don't even live in? That doesn't Cle- make- Clearly, I, a dumb American, cannot need this This advice. is fucking fluff, dude. All right. Let, let's see about the other juicy bits, because being me, of course, I, uh, of course, didn't like... I don't know. Do something reasonable. Like, highlight the best parts. Right. Well, yeah. Any any part that would be relevant, like a percentage or a number or a date. <laughs> okay. And this is just a bunch of agreement shit that just says the same thing. Won't all yeah, legal mumbo-jumbo. Yeah, it says, temporary edition agreement with the dash letter between Garrett Schalke, resident of then my P.O. Box, P.O. Box 6871, Grand Rapids, Michigan, 49516, Michigan, USA, capital U, but lowercase SA, <laughs> which is my, is my, is my P.O. box, folks. I encourage you to send fan email, <laughs> fan, fan email to the P.O. box. Do it. And the Vertigo. Print your emails and send them in a self-addressed stamped envelope. <laughs> That's how we do it, man. <laughs> and the, really. Really, folks. He'll cut, he, he'll cut his pubic hair off and put it in the SAS. Seriously, folks. Where's <laughs> email or letters I or comments? I love to hear from you. Somebody write me a letter and send it to Garrett's care, PO box. Care of. <laughs> hey, Garrett. I, hey, Garrett. Love your work, but I love I like Zach better. Can yes. You, somebody who listens to this podcast that's not me or Garrett's mom. Write a, <laughs> write a letter. Write a fan letter for me and send it to Garrett's P.O. Box. <laughs> oh, sure. I'll get right on that. Send one to Garrett, too. Okay. So, anyway, they get my, my P.O. Box address. And from now on, that addresses the author. I don't know why they... And Virgo, blah, 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 which writes their office and their fucking address, Roma. From now on, the publisher... For the work, go and 
Golden Grey Wolf Chicago. From now on, just the work. For some reason, like, I get not wanting to, like, repeat stuff, but the ad- my address is now just the author. They are now just the publisher. And the book they're selling is the work. <laughs> God damn, you <laughs> fucking people. Then blah, blah, blah. Mumbo chumbo. Oh, but uh, here's a little juicy one. In the event that the work reaches 3,000 copies sold, the publisher undertakes to insert a graphic stamp on the cover with the words, thousands of copies sold. Wow. <laughs> wow, what a treat. They, they will eat 3,000, just thousands sold. Blah, blah, you know, bullshit. And now here is, uh, you see, we talked about the pricing and, you know, confusion over it. I, I guess euros. Yep, is, euros. Is, it, is yep, that euros? That's euros. Holy shit. Here's, Hold here, on. Yeah, here's the copy order form. Actually, Zach, would you like to read the copy order form? What the fuck? <laughs> okay. okay. By your, do, do, will you get a, a calculator out? I already see where this is going. All right. Get your, get your calculator app going. All right. Okay. All right. Hold on. I got it. <laughs> Dear Garrett Shelke, by your choice, the 250 copies of your book at the cover price of 1390 euros for a total amount of 3475 euros will be purchased as follows a single installment the amount of 3475 euros to be paid upon signing the agreement in three installments okay okay all right here first of all do uh uh, th- uh, 3,475 mm-hmm. divided by two dollars and fi- uh, divided by 250. 250. Yeah. All right. That's a uh, 13 dollars and 13 90. Okay. 13, okay. 90. Yeah. 13 euros and 90. Um, all right. Now do uh, 3,475 divided by three. Three. One thousand one hundred fifty-eight dollars. Okay. Now do 3,400. And seventy-five. Okay. Do three thousand. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Three hundred forty-seven fifty. Three hundred forty-seven fifty times nine. Wait. So wait. Thirty-four thousand seven hundred. No. 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 Okay. Um. I told three hundred forty-seven dot five zero dot five zero. So times nine. Times nine. Three thousand one hundred twenty-seven dollars fifty cents. That's well. That's actually a, a savings passed on to you, friend. If you <laughs> decide to do it over the course of nine months, paying them. Jesus, dude. I, either way, these motherfuckers want me to pay them the cover price of, of your book. Yeah, of three thousand four hundred seventy-five euros, basically yeah. over three grand. Yeah. They, yeah, for three and a half grand. for two hundred fifty copies of their well, book, of my book in Italian. What is a uh, now convert? I'm gonna currency yeah. convert. Yeah, you got the yeah, yeah. I just have a regular calculator. You got a currency converter. Yeah. Well, I mean, Google's okay with it too. We're just gonna yeah. do three, four, seven, five. We don't euro. need to show them the respect of getting like an accurate euro average. to USD no. today. That would be four four thousand US dollars. Four grand. They want you to write a check 
to a company that you've never face to face met before for four thousand dollars to publish your work and buy two hundred and fifty copies that you won't be able to fucking sell. And like, dude, what do you do then? Send it to Italian Amazon? What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, they don't talk about distribution in here at all. Oh, they, they just talk they, about oh, where they, they're going to oh, put it. Oh, they do. They do, but they will. Send it to the USA Book Fair. <laughs> right? What And what about the copies that you do sell? Are you getting a percentage? Are you getting the cover price? That's no, not enumerated no, no, in no, here you, at all. No, no. You see, when I sell two... When I, I uh, sell five... When they sell... Oh, yeah, sorry. When 500 copies are eventually sold, I will get back reimbursement for the 250 okay, that I bought. Then the royalties will start coming in. <laughs> So then I'll get my four grand back plus the royalties that come in. Yeah. Doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound like a possible thing to happen? Jeez, dude. So, yeah, um, once again, thank you, Vertigo Publishing House of Roma, Italy. Thank you, Alessandra Caligari. Caligari. Once again, you are fucking scammers fucking piece of human garbage like you is one of the reasons why I self-publish. Yeah, dude. Because of fucking crap like you. Fuck you and fuck fuck any other scammers like this. You are a bane on publishing existence. You make writers' lives worse. Yeah? You should be ashamed of yourself. And realistically make writers quit. Too. Yeah, exactly. This is the type of shit that'll make someone quit because they get all excited about it and yeah, then all of a sudden they get all this shit and they're like, what the fuck yeah, is you're, this? You're not even predators. That's too good of a word yeah. for you. You're fucking parasites. Yeah, I mean, you're ruining the careers of what could be potential art, like potentially um, valuable artists if, if you would just nurture their creativity and allow them space to create the work that made them like worthy of pursuing your representation to begin with. Like, yeah, dude, this is this is trash. This whole fucking concept is trash. Like, I would never do some horse shit like this. I would never put my fucking imprint on it. I would never allow it to happen. Like, if my management staff decided to pull some fucking horse shit like this to try to get new talent or to try to, like, well, that's the thing. bully a, people into money laundering Well, that's the thing. It's all, like, it's all a scam. It's not a legit polishing house. It's all lies. Right. But they probably just made up some of this shit. Like, the guy who got his... Fucking mystery, you no know, Renaissance painter novel. Who's the new Dan Brown? Yeah, he probably doesn't exist. They probably just made up that shit right there and then. I mean, dude, f- like fortune favors the bold on this shit. Like, if somebody wants me to do something for them, and it's in my my wheelhouse, like my professional wheelhouse to do it for them, if they reach out, dude, I will get back to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need to go hunting for people like this, like, as a as a publisher, like, as a person who would publish material for you if you emailed me and asked me to do that for you. Like, that's a thing I could do yeah. for you. Like, I got, like, I got yeah, to do it. Yeah, exactly. Garrett, that's why Garrett's sitting in front of me right now. Like, that, if you want to and, do and, something. And to be honest, just because you're just so <laughs> handsome. Oh, I know he can see his reflection in my shiny head. Um, (laughs) um, like I, 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 as a business owner, I, I want to make money making you money. That would be the reason to publish someone economically. 
right? So you understand money needs to change hands. And this is really what they're capitalizing on because it's like, who, who knows what a book publishing deal is? Well, there's a contract involved with a bunch of words on it that you don't necessarily understand. A bunch of numbers and percentages and huge numbers of books sold and units and percentage, you know, net percentage this and all that fucking trash. They're going to throw together some random document about that, then give you an international bank account to just wire transfer money to. Like, dude, this is like one step above Nigerian scam. And you're right. Not only is, if it is a company, it's a shell company for some, you know, three deep corporation shell in Italy, probably in an island, like off of the coast of Italy, that's a tax-free zone. Like, that this is just so fucked up, dude. It, there, the there's very little separation of this and like uh, the Nigerian print scam used on people who have recently Google searched retirement communities. Like, if you Google search author, you know how to get my book published. This is the type of shit that you're gonna start seeing coming into your fucking email. Oh yeah, I've it's, I've gotten it's these scary. Before. I've gotten these yeah. before. Yeah, this one was a little more elaborate. It was like mainly because they weren't forthcoming with yeah, were like this. Whereas other ones, any of our things, like I've gotten things for book reviews, saying like, "Hey, I will. Hey, I'm just reviewing your book. I reviewed books by Stephen King and yeah. Dan Brown. Send me a copy yeah. and give me five hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, it's not even a copy. They're just like, "Hey, if you pay me this much, I will review your book." And if you pay me this much, I'll review it this way. Pay me this much, I'll review it that way. Yeah. They will literally give you tiers of how much you can pay of, like, what kind of review they'll do and what they'll distribute their review. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a fucking scam. Yeah. It's easy, man. It's, no it's easy. Do, no, none of these people are doing it for, like, the love of literature because yeah. it's all fucking money. Yeah. And I understand the need to make a living, but... God damn! That's not making a living. Yeah, you're 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 sucking off of society and the creative work of others. Like it's 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 uh, insulting to the art form in and uh, of itself. uh, Yeah, uh, so fucking frustrating. Oh God, I'm yeah, waving my hands. Yeah, we're supposed to be goofing on this, but now I'm just yeah. Stuff like this happens all the time, man. I mean, in Uh, my in my life, representing painters and sculptors and all of that stuff, man. We put shows together and people come and they'll. You know, oh, they'll try, buy pieces or whatever. Try but, to offer you the yeah, world. Exactly. Much. They everybody. Oh, you're gonna go so far. This is gonna be. That's that's just not the reality of things. Like you need to have uh, an insane work ethic if you want to make it to do any. Like Garrett, he writes consistently. He knows he's gonna he's gonna want to publish a book at this time. He's gonna have it written before he decides he's gonna publish it. Right. Like it's not a fucking fantasy. Like it's a book. And it wants to be made into into a published book. It's a manuscript. It wants to be carried all the uh, way across the process, and, across and the And I river. would like to note, yeah. too, that, uh, like I said, mention, you know, like, buy this much books and then we'll re- reimburse you over 500. Sure. Here, here's the thing, yeah. though. There is a legitimate thing called Writer's Advance. Mm-hmm. We're like a legitimate publishing company, like, let's say Random House, will pay you in advance as you're writing that book to get that book. Yeah. And the that, economic that, and then, powerhouses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then you won't get money until you know it goes above your advance. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's say a grand, like a very small amount. Yeah. Stephen King gets a grand for his next novel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. no. But then they'll pay him after you know 
he makes well over grand in his books, which is guaranteed because of how famous he is, for one. And two, they actually put the work in to, like, get mm-hmm. books out there to bookstores yeah. and to get reviews. Yeah, and, they're paying and, interns and, to tweet about it. Yeah, they're and, they're and, making phone calls. Yeah, yeah, like, they are legitimately put in the legwork. These yeah. people say they are, where it's their only legwork is getting your shit into the USA Book Fair. Yeah. So, th- so they're taking the concept of, like, a writer's advance and then flipping it to, like, an impossible end. Yeah, exactly. Making it so that to, you have to pay to play. Yeah, pay to play. Yeah. Which, by the way, none of these writers are paying. You don't, if they're basically demanding that you pay money to get shit done, it's a scam. Yeah. Yeah, especially in a, in a, in a grassroots type of sense. If someone's going to help you, they're going to help you, and money will come after the fact in yeah. the conversation. It, yeah. Like people, people need to get paid for their work. Like it, it also know. poisons like legitimate writer services, like the one you provide me. Like I know you're legit, obviously. Mm-hmm. I know your limits, yeah, of what you can do, yeah. But there could be like some writer out there who comes to Elm Lab Media Group. You do their work. You, yeah, you do their work. No, you mm-hmm. do the format no editor, yeah. all that shit. But then they get pissed because, you know, you're not offering the world like they expect you to. We're like, yeah. Well, yeah, I never promised that. But yeah, yeah, but this all this polishing house does this. Why not ENG? Right, yeah, not me, bro. Yeah, I'll be straight up I, with I'm people. Actually, yeah. I'm actually surprised that hasn't happened to you yet. Yeah. Like, some person comes in, they're like, oh, well, you do this and that, right? I, I mean, I've had a lot of interesting client relationships, man. Uh, y- you know, you just you deliver exactly what you said you're going to deliver, and if you deliver less than that, then you either acknowledge it and make it right somehow, or you provide a discount and acknowledge it. Still, you, ne- you, you never know? have anyone be like, "Wait, why isn't my video getting more?" Even though you edited it. No, I make it really clear. I mean, if I'm going to turn around a video, I, it's in my invoices. Like okay, I'm like social media marketing is not my responsibility. Hosting is not my responsibility. Okay, because there also is the belief that once you're published by someplace, it's all easy street. Which yeah. it is for some writers, but yeah, I mean, even even for like workaday writers, you still got to go show up to the speaking engagements. You got to lug the briefcase of books around and try to sell them and sign them. Like that shit's it might be underwritten by your publishing house, but you are the one that's going to have to get your ass out. Like you're going to have to hire the publicist. They might pay for it, but it's going to be you, your responsibility to get yeah, that person yeah. and delegate the tasks. Yeah, know? and that's what publishers like this do. They 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 prey on the belief that once you're getting published by someone, you've made it. Yeah. And well, not a fucking thing in this world comes for free, man. Nothing. And like yeah, even Stephen King has to work. Yeah, totally legit. And Le- he gets less, paid for his less, work. Less than we do, yes. But mm-hmm. you know, granted, he's also a a, a complete writer freak. Yeah, uh, you know, he, he go- lives he, it, man. Yeah, he goes about it. Like, you ever see, like, the Family Guy special where they, like, parodied Stephen King's works? No, I don't think so. It's actually pretty hilarious, but they got a section where, uh, the famous part where, like, Stephen King got hit by a van while he was out on a walk. Yeah. They showed him, like, getting hit by a van, and while midair being like, 
oh, this gives me an idea for a novel. Then he takes out his typewriter, writes it up, and says, done, before he hits the ground. Yeah. That's not far from the truth. Yeah, he, he cranks the shit out, man. He is yeah. a producer. So, yeah, even yeah. Stephen King has to work to some extent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, official position of GSP. Uh, yeah, yeah, fuck these scammers. Die in a fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, uh, yeah, I say we should probably end this. Uh, cool. My voice is just ravished. Cool, yeah, and, I got to. Uh, Got to get to the next thing as well. Five fifty. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah we made it late that I got, day today. Yeah, I gotta get home. I gotta download some podcasts. Unfortunately, I'm feeling very disgusted right now because there's poop in my butt. <laughs> as we established by that meme, it's a very disgusting thing to do. Yeah, you can't just walk around carrying that. Yeah. Plus, uh, I've been doing this since September when we began our holiday overtime early, but uh, I have many things to cope with doing it. Especially since I really can't write while working over 50 hours a week. Mm-hmm. One of them is that I have a large movie collection. Some I got them for gifts, some I thrifted or whatever. I gotta watch them all. So every night since September, I've been watching a film. Cool. And I, at the rate I'm going, I'll probably be finished by the end of November, maybe getting in December. So I'll have all these films watched by the end of the year. And since it's October, I've been watching all my horror films thrillers monster films i don't know tonight i think i'll watch vhs nice which yeah. the first week of this month i just went through all the saw films by the way cool except for the one that came out this year because i already saw in theaters but yeah an entire week of saw films <sighs> i forget what it is i think it was like saw six it's my favorite one because it the victim is a uh, healthcare provider quote-unquote he gets fucking tortured. <laughs> Jack Elmblad, you have lived your life doing this and that. That's why I have this elaborate torture that will fuck you up even if you live. <laughs> live or die. Make your choice. Make your choice. <sighs> All right, dude. Uh, promo time. Anything you want right. to promote? Yeah, I actually do have something that I released since uh, our last podcast. I'm... Uh, if you check my YouTube channel, Zach Elmblad, or no, it's the YouTube, it's the Elmblad Media Group YouTube channel. Um, I've been working on restoring a historic piano, and the first two episodes are up for your viewing enjoyment right now, and I ought to have the third one up soon. Yeah, I can't wait for the finale when you just start your Ben Foles tribute group. <laughs> And that you can also follow me on Facebook. I've been okay. releasing some photo sets. Uh, I'll get back active with Instagram soon. That's uh, Elmblad Media Group with underscores. And then my name, Zachary Elmblad. All right. You know what it is. Garrett Schalke Podcast. Available everywhere. Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, blah. Uh, <laughs> check out my official website that I desperately need to update. GarrettSchalke.tumblr.com. I'm on Twitter more than usual now, at Garrett Schalke. That's where I post a lot of my photos and that, too, because I was on Instagram for a sec. Then I got hacked from some dude from India. Harsh. Who, who like, favor, who like friended a trillion people. Then eventually Instagram just banned me, <laughs> even though I took back my account. Right. So, yeah, at Garrett Schalke, Twitter. Schalke Podcast on Twitter. And... That's it. All right. Uh, oh, got my voice. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, big announcement, too, since two months from now. Uh, Animaki, fifth anniversary edition. Coming out in uh, December. New cover, restored text, special introduction from your boy. A uh, bunch of other shit. My greatest novel so far. Check out the new edition of it. And that's it. Yeet! All right, folks, we're done. Zach, thanks for being on. My pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Here is the outro song. That's not it, but, yeah, here is the actual outro song. You play guitar.